right. Well, good morning, Anchor Church, Palos. Love the love the new name, and uh, love the new uh, logo up here. That's really really cool to uh, to be here and uh, be with you all. Um, man, did uh, did winter remind us it's here or what? Yes, uh, last night and to be together. Well, um, was well, my privilege to come from uh, up north here, come directly south. I drove uh, basically right down Harlem Avenue from the west side of Chicago to be here this morning. And uh, it is a privilege to, uh, to join you and uh, to be in partnership. My church, uh, Chicago West Bible Church, that I serve with Pastor John Kelly there, um, we have been in partnership over your 10 years uh, that you have uh, been going. Congratulations, by the way. Congratulations on the, on the 10 years uh, that uh, you've been given here to be together. And so I'm so grateful for this opportunity and blessed to be with you this morning. Well, um, our passage this morning... Um, this is what it declares to us. It declares to us who we, who we are. So no matter if we're here at Anchor Church in Palos, we're on the west side of Chicago, at Chicago West Bible Church, or any church throughout this world, as a local body of Christ, we are united in Christ. Amen? Amen. That, is, that is who we are. And uh, I don't know if you ever heard this acronym before um, that comes... Uh, usually with romantic uh, relationships, and it's this DTR. DTR. Define the relationship is what that means. And that's usually when uh, it comes that point in time when it's, you two get together and it says, hey, have we moved from friendship to dating here at this point? What's going on? Let's define uh, this relationship. So I remember when this happened to me back in the day with my wife, Deanna. And uh, we were friends for a period of time and, uh, in college. And then after that, we were hanging out a lot together. And uh, all of a sudden, we were like, man, we have this conversation uh, going on. And uh, we both have two versions of the story of, uh, of how that happened. And she always says that her version is right. Uh, probably true. Probably true. Um, but, uh, but I remember when we defined the relationship uh, for us. Well, here... Uh, this morning, that's exactly what happens in 1 Peter 2, is that this is a DTR for us. Not who we are individually, but who we are as the body of Christ, as the church together. Who are we? A DTR. So that's the question I want us to be thinking about here this morning and answering is who are we? And so let's turn to 1 Peter First Peter chapter 2, and get to that passage. And as we turn there, we're going to go to verse 9 and be thinking about that question as we read these verses. Who are we together as the church as we read what uh, Peter has written here? But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people fit for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Amen. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Behold, I urge you as sojourners, as exiles, to abstain from the passions of the flesh, 
which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. Praise the Lord for his word. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. God, I thank you for trusting to us your living and abiding word. Lord, I thank you that as we open uh, these pages this morning, that we would recognize that this is truly what it is you want us to know, who we are together in you. Would you give us clarity for that as we come before you this morning? Lord, would you enable us to see in a greater way than ever before all that you have blessed us with and that we would find our identity as a church body in you? Lord, we thank you, Lord, that we can come in the name that is above all names, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. 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 Hey, so what's, what's our question again? Who are we? Yes, who are we? Um, and so hopefully as we uh, read that, maybe some things stood out to you right away. But the first thing is, I want to be clear, because sometimes it's better to find out what something isn't as you define it, right? Before you even go into what it is. So here is not what we are together, because there's some common things that sometimes we think the church is identified by these things, but they're not true. Here's the first thing, is our church building. Now, I loved walking in here uh, this morning. I was here in July, and now you have like a second floor and uh, the offices, and it's got that new car smell up there, and it's uh, fantastic to, uh, to be there and to see that. And, uh, you know, we, we meet at our church in an auditorium at a school, and it's fantastic. We love being a part of the student body there, and they've really welcomed us in. It's a great privilege but, man, we have to, you know, pull our stuff out, right, and then put it away, and we don't have our facility all the time. You guys, God bless you with an amazing facility here. And you want to be grateful for that, right? But, church, that's not who you are, this building. It really doesn't even matter where you meet, but it isn't who you are, the building. Here's also who it isn't that you are. Your pastors, your elders, your Leaders here at the church. Again, so grateful for Pastor Ryan and Mark and Dave and the leadership you have here. I respect them greatly and love them and seeing how God is using them in ministry and, and many of you. But who your leadership is doesn't define who you are. That's not who you are. Even the ministries that you have. I got that insert in the bulletin. <laughs> All the ministries that are going on here. Praise the Lord for those the things that you are doing, but the things that you are doing doesn't define who you are. The worship up here, loved hearing the worship and participating and being worshiping together and having the team lead us. But again, the style of worship and how we come together doesn't define who we are. The culture, even if we're a loving church, that's great, but that doesn't define who we are. Here's what defines who we are. Who we are is whose we are. Say it again. Who we are is whose we are. 
Let's read verse 9 again and uh, see this first truth that we have of who we are. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. See, this is our first truth this morning for who we are. We are chosen by God. You see that? We are chosen by God. Who we are is whose we are. Isn't it great to be chosen? I was uh, thinking about this the other day um, at our church when I went into the children's ministry and uh, all the children were sitting down, the grade school children, and the teacher was teaching and the teacher asked a question and then all these hands went up, right? Right? You've seen it been children, remember that? All these hands go up and they couldn't wait, right, to be called on, right? To be chosen to give the answer. Then as you grow up, right, you know, being chosen for an athletic team or to be in a musical or something, to be chosen to go to a college or university, you have an interview and be chosen to be given a job or a promotion, to be chosen to serve in the church. Man, it's great to be chosen, right? But the greatest way to be chosen is to be chosen by God. We are chosen by God as the church. Each and every one of us is chosen by God. See, these, this verse begins with definitive statements of who we are as the church. You saw them here as we were going through. See, Peter uses these terms that were previously only used in the Old Testament for the children of Israel. But now he is using them for the church and describing who the church is. So let's just break these down one by one. Here's the first statement, a chosen race. See that? You are a chosen race. See, Israel was a physical, ethnic race. But see, now we are a spiritual, united race. What I love even as I look out that there are many different ethnicities represented here. We all have different racial heritages. You know, for me, it's English, Swiss, German. That's, that's me, what makes me up. But see, we are together united as one race. And here's how it happens, by the blood of Jesus Christ. His blood shed for us, united us together so that we are one race as brothers and sisters in Christ. We are one chosen race. Here's the second one, that we're a royal priesthood. See, in the Old Testament in Israel, back then only the priest could go and talk and engage with God and would come and represent God to the people. But see, he, we as a church, we have direct access uh, to God. I love the Lord's Prayer. It says, pray then like this, our Father who art in heaven. That's how Jesus instructs us to pray, our Father who art in heaven. See, how amazing is that, that we get to go right to our Father. There's no hesitation that we have to have, no limits. We don't have to go through someone else. I mean, privilege my two daughters are going to be here in the next service and come with my wife. 
but I want my daughters to know that they have access to me, right? When they ask for dad, then I will answer them. When they send me a text or call me, I'm going to get right back to them. Because as their father, I want them to have direct access to me. See, being a royal priesthood, God desires to have a direct access to you and to us as the church. That is who we are. Here's the next uh, statement we see here. A holy nation. A holy nation. See, Israel was a chosen nation to shine for God in their location. See, that's what we are as the church is, that we are placed to shine brightly for God right here where he has placed us and to make disciples of Jesus Christ. I love Matthew 28 that says that we are to go, therefore, and make disciples. See, my brothers and sisters, you are God's representatives here in Palos and in your community. You're a holy nation representing God here as the church. And here's the last definitive statement we see in verse 9 of who we are. We're a people for his own possession. See, Israel had God dwelling among them. See, he was their protective covering. And that was great at the time, but that doesn't compare to what we have as the body of Christ. See, God was among them, but we as the church, we have God in us. The Spirit of God is in us, that he strengthens us, that he encourages us, that he speaks to us, because we have God in us, dwelling in us. So you, do we recognize the difference here? Let's look at John 14, 17. John 14, 17. Let's, uh, let's read this together. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him, you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. So you have God dwelling in you, and he is with you. He is with us as the church. This is who we are. So I just think in summary of these statements that are given to us and who we are, can we just read these together? Let's, uh, let's declare these. Maybe even I can even just ask for your permission. Could you just stand up? Just stand up for me for this right now. Let's read these four statements that go along with what we've been reading. Here's the first one. Let's read this together. Let's see. Um, Yes, okay. We are the church in one spiritual race, and so we are brothers and sisters by the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen? We are a royal priesthood. And so we have direct access to God, who we are. We are a holy nation, and so we are under his authority. Last but not least, we are his possession, and so he actually dwells inside of us. This is 
who we are, the body of Christ. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. Thank you. See, whose we are defines who we are. We are chosen by God. I love how verse 9 ends, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Nothing in this world compares to God. It's true. See, what are some of his excellencies? Just thought I'd give a few. Here's the, the first one, his creation, the earth. See a picture of that? Right there, it's, a, it's amazing, God's creation in the earth. And to even think about that, that if we were, you know, just a few miles closer to the sun, we would burn up here on earth. Or if we were a few, mile, uh, few miles farther from the sun, we'd freeze up. God's excellency in his creation, the earth. Here's the second thing, the human race. The human race in who we are, our bodies, our minds, are just miracles. They're just amazing. And even what's even more amazing is that we have been made in God's image. Humanity is made in God's image. It declares his excellency. But what is his greatest excellency? What is the thing that is first and foremost above all else? Well, that's Jesus Christ himself, right? That he has come for us. He has come to die in our place. See, we are here to proclaim his excellencies. We truly have the greatest news to share. Nothing else out there compares to what we have to share, what we have to declare. I know this is always good to be reminded, right? Is there somebody that you need to be sharing that with? Is there somebody you need to be proclaiming his excellencies to? Somebody that you work with? Somebody in your family? We just had a time to gather together over the holidays, right? A neighbor, the friends you'll get together with later today. See, we are to proclaim his excellencies. That is the privilege that we've been given because we are chosen. We are chosen by God. So let's share whose we are, right, to all those around us. Here's the second truth, second truth that we find in verse 10. We are united by mercy. We are united by mercy. Let's read that, verse 10. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. See, how great is that God came for us. He came to make us his own. That's what is different about our faith than any other faith that's out there. See, every other faith is people trying to earn their way and get to God or divinity or connection or whatever that is. But see, our faith, the faith that is declared in God's word, is that God came for us. He came to us and made himself available for us. That is what has been 
given to us. Now, how did God do this for us? How did he make himself available for us? Well, this verse answers that question. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. See, here's the sombering truth for us this morning. That every one of us at one point in time was was without God's mercy. That we were merciless. That was our situation. For some of you, as I look out here, that was five years ago. Some of you, that was 25 years ago. Maybe, praise the Lord, for some of you, that was five weeks ago. But at one point in time, that's where all of us stood, desperately needing God. See, we can't take for granted Romans 6.23 that many of us are familiar with, right? For the wages of sin is death. That is where all of us stood at one point in time. That we were sinners standing before a holy God and we could do nothing about our sin situation. And no matter how much anyone else loved us and wanted to help us, they couldn't help us with that. Because they are a sinner as well. And the wages of our sin deserve death before God because he can't have anything to do with sin. But see, our God came for us, right? The verse doesn't end there. It says, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. See, he chose to give us his own son, Jesus Christ, to extend his mercy to us that none of us deserves, none of us could ever earn. That is the mercy that has been extended to us. It's the most amazing true offer we'll ever get. And here's the thing I want you to know, and I know any pastor here, leader here at Anchor Church would want you to know If you don't have that gift, maybe you don't believe in Jesus at all, we're so glad you're here. Every one of us at one point in time didn't believe. Some of us doubted and were discouraged and were hard-hearted. And so we just want you to know that by God's mercy extended to us, We love you and are grateful that you're here. If you have any questions, if you have any doubts, if you have frustrations even, this body, this church would love to engage you, love to hear from you. Here's the second person that might be here. As I've been talking, and maybe in the last few weeks or months, You've been thinking, I'm not sure if I have that gift. I'm not sure if I've received Christ for myself and turned from my sin. Well, here's the amazing truth. That can happen for you this morning, right? That can be true for you today. 
And so if you're thinking about that, considering that, you're confused maybe in any way, man, we'd love as a church to come alongside of you and to help you to find how you can receive that gift for yourself and be sure that you have received that mercy. Because here's the, where the rest of us lay, right? Here's where the rest of us lay. That if we've received the gift of Christ, then we are united by mercy. That is what unites us here, is the mercy of God. And that should humble each and every one of us. Each and every one of us should be humbled by that truth. Because we are nothing. We are not awesome. God is awesome. He's the one that's given us mercy. See, here's the the truth of that, is that we've just been given a handout, a handout of mercy. Now, I know for where I live on the west side of Chicago, you go on and off the Eisenhower, and I know right away there's going to be people men and women who are going to come up near my car, come up and walk down the line, and they're going to be holding a cup, right? And yeah, it must be humbling, right, to be in a place where you're going around and just asking for help. And hey, as the church, right, nothing but love and grace for anyone who would ask for help. Yeah, there's wisdom that we need to have in helping, but right, nothing, Lord, but grace to those that would be in that situation. But here's the thing for us in thinking about that. This is who we are. We had nothing. We were empty. But God gave us his mercy. He just filled our cup. All we had was asking for a handout. And he gave us his mercy. He filled our cup. And we are united in mercy because of what he has done for us. Church, has he filled your cup? Do you know that for yourself? Do you know that for others? What I love about being a part of the body of Christ is that you can even look around the room and maybe even know other people's stories about how he filled their cup. Amen? And I was thinking about that in uh, my privilege in ministry over the years, and here's just some examples of mercy being extended on people. And thinking of, I was pursuing a career to fulfill me, and yet was so empty. But God in his mercy filled my heart with his purpose. True testimony. I was living it up in every way in the world and yet felt so unsatisfied. But God in his mercy gave me what my heart truly needed in him. Another testimony. I was hurting so bad and about to give up. But God in his mercy healed my heart and made me new. I was so bitter and blowing up regularly. But God in his mercy 
showed me his amazing love and softened my heart. The mercy that we've been extended. Amen, brothers and sisters? We are a transformed people because we have been united in mercy. Here's the third truth we find in God's word here of who we are. We are foreigners by rebirth. Foreigners by rebirth. Let's read verse 11. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners, as exiles, to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. See, who are we? We are foreigners in this world. Foreigners in this world. I uh, was sort of reminded of this truth as I got to go on a missions trip with some people from our church, Chicago West. See, there's a picture of our team. And we got to go to this city, one of the biggest cities in the world, Mexico City, um, in August. And uh, one of our church partners there that uh, we're privileged to share here at Anchor Church in Chicago West and Mexico City, we got to go there. 26 million people in Mexico City. 26 million people. I have some friends that just went to Australia. The whole country of Australia is 7.5 million people. So over three times as many people live in the whole country of Australia, live in the city of Mexico City. Man, if you ever go there, though, man, uh, street tacos on the street, Mexico City, they will blow your mind. They are amazing. I'm just getting hungry uh, thinking, thinking about that right now. Uh, so where, where were we? Okay, yes, we are foreigners in this world. See, I knew I was a foreigner in Mexico City. You know, I spoke very, I speak very little Spanish, right? And I didn't look like most of those that were walking around there in Mexico City. Didn't know the culture there fully. I knew I was a foreigner walking through Mexico City. See, we... We are to live in this world like we are foreigners. This is not where we belong. This is not where we belong anymore. See, we are in the world. We are here in Palos right now, but we are not of this world. This is not where we belong. We have been reborn spiritually. We have been reborn spiritually in Jesus Christ. That is who we are. We've received his mercy, and now we are his. See, what does this mean for us, then, if we are foreigners in this world and we don't belong here anymore? That means we don't have to compromise to this world. You see that here? Because we don't belong here, we don't have to compromise anymore. We're not a slave to this world anymore. Let's look at 1 John 2. 16, that declares this to us. 1 John 2, 16, let's read this together. For all that is in this world, all the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. See, that is what's from the world, and we don't have to be enslaved to it anymore. 
by the Spirit in us, it's driving out the worldly ways in our lives. But see, here's what's true as we read that, is that we're to abstain from the passions which wage war against our own souls. Do you feel that civil war sometimes inside of you? The civil war of the spirit of who you are in Christ and and knowing what you want to do in him, but feeling the flesh rise up in you and the battle that's going on there? Do you feel that civil war? That is the situation that we're in, that we're in a civil war. But who we are is Christ. Let's read uh, Galatians 5, 16 and 17. Galatians 5, 16 and 17, it describes this directly. Let's read this together. Do we have that? All right, I'll turn to it here. Galatians. Galatians 5, 16 and 17, I'll read this. Let's read this together. But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the Spirit. And the desires of the Spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. See, the very civil war that's going on inside of us, the struggle that we have. And see, here's the privilege that we have as the body of Christ, though, and who we are, is that we're not just individuals. We are a community. We are the church body, and we can be here for each other. And that's why it's so important that we come together. And I know you have small groups here that can help you to come together and praying for each other, going to God's word and making sure that we're encouraging each other and keeping each other accountable to living this out and fighting the battle that we're in. Let's not just come here on Sunday and show up and be here and go home and try and do this on our own. That's not where we should be. We're here as the church. We're here together. Here's the second thing, is Lord, help us to love like who we are. This is what I, this is what I love, is every single one of us, as we think about battling the flesh, know of things and feel things right now that are difficult for us. And some of us, God has given us victory in certain areas. We can help each other, Right? Help each other coming alongside of each other and sharing what God has done through us. So your weakness, your past failure can be a blessing to someone else. Amen? And so we don't always have to look in our rearview mirror and think about things and what God's done in the past and, and be ashamed about that. Yes, we should be ashamed about sin. But we can also, God can also use that to be a blessing to each other. Help us to love like who we are as the church. Well, here's the last but not least thing of who we are that we find in verse 12. We are authenticated. We are authenticated by goodness. By goodness. Let's uh, read verse 12 together. Keep your conduct 
among the Gentiles honorable so that they so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. So this is something that, um, as I was thinking about this, that this happens all the time, right? That we have to authenticate ourselves, right? Sometimes I uh, have on my phone now, I have this thing where I can just put my, my thumbprint, right? On my phone, and I'm already like, authenticated that this is my phone and it opens up and it does that. Um, I think we've got a, got a picture here um, for you of something like, hey, when you get on, uh, you're trying to get in your account or something like that, right? And uh, you get all these pictures here and it's sort of like, hey, you know, tell us which ones have the car in it or the street sign so that you can authenticate that you're not a robot, right? That this is who you really are. So we have to do that. that that's a regular thing, authenticating who we are. Let me just ask the question this morning, as we just read, what authenticates who we are as the church, who we are as the body of Christ? What declares that that is who we are? We were just reading that here in uh, verse 9. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable so that they may see your good works. See, as the body of Christ, it is our goodness. It is the good works that God has entrusted to us that authenticates to the world around us who we are. Do we see that? That is what has been given to us. So it's not just about what we need to do, but it's what God wants to do through us. See, Gentiles here actually means those that then don't believe in God, that don't have what we have. That's what it's referring to here. And so as you think about that as a church, you've been called to a community. You've been called to an area to show God's goodness, to declare his good works. That is what shows whose we are by what it is that he has given to us. The church is to be a demonstration of God's grace. See, I was thinking about this, that we truly are his change agents where it is that he has placed us. Let's look at Matthew chapter 5. Let's look at Matthew chapter 5, and let's, uh, let's read this uh, passage together. I'll just do this. In the same way, right, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Matthew 5, 16. See, again, talking about the building here. See, God hasn't given you just this building to meet in as a church and to gather together for worship or for the ministries that will go on during the week. He has also placed you in this community to shine brightly for him. That's what we're to do at Chicago West, on the west side of Chicago, is that we're to go out into the place that he's placed us and to do the good works that he's called us to do for his glory. 
It authenticates who we are as the church when the world sees our good deeds. See, it's so important that the world sees that we love them, that we care for them, and that we're not just looking out for our own interests. You know, sometimes I run across this in uh, interactions that I have, and I'll hear about people that will talk about, man, the church, all they care about is that they're right and that we're wrong. All I hear about is the church is that they're protesting about things. All I hear about from the church is what I read in the news and how they say one thing, but yet they do another thing. See, we've got to get out there, right, church? We've got to show them that our God loves them and that he's called us to be his change agents in the community that he has placed us in, that they may see our good deeds and glorify God. Well, I know that's happening here at the Anchor Church, um, and one of the reasons why I know that is that we are blessed to have many of you come up and join us in the summertime. So I don't know, is anyone here in the room has come and joined us at Chicago West at Summer Blast with me? Yes, thank you, thank you, yes. And uh, as we've tried to reach out into our community, right, we have this like family festival that we do on a Saturday in the summertime, and we invite in the whole community to come and to share and have a safe place to come, and we have, you know, uh, some jumpies there, and we have food there, and it's just a fun time. But then as they come, then we come and get to know them and ask them about themselves and, and share with them, and so you guys come and serve with us and help us to be able to do that. You know, get the food together and run some of the games and stuff. And so we are blessed. I've seen you do that. I know that you go on mission trips throughout the country and throughout the world and you do things. It is so vital that that happens. And here's just my encouragement to each and, one of, each and every one of you. Don't miss out. Don't miss out on authenticating who we are as the church by serving. Everyone has a way that they can serve. Everyone has a way that they can go. And so we're to do that as a church and to come together. This is who we are. See, God has asked the church body of anchor to shine brightly for him in your words and in your deeds. Well, who are we? Who are we? Let's, uh, let's go through these again. First is uh, we are chosen, right? We are chosen by God. God chose us. We are walking in that truth. Here's a second thing, that we are united by mercy, right? That he filled our cup and gave us what we couldn't get for ourselves. And his mercy is what unites us together in Christ as the church. Here's a third thing, that we are foreigners by rebirth. A reminder that we don't belong here anymore. As we go out to this world after the service and we go to a, a restaurant or we go to the store, 
We get together with friends that we don't belong here. We're to be in this world, but not of this world. And that we can help each other in living that out. And here's the last thing, that we are authenticated by goodness. The good works that God has entrusted to us to do for his glory, to shine brightly for him. And here, church, it's good for us to know this, right? But even more importantly, as we know it, to live it out. So let me just pray for us for that as our worship team comes up now. Lord, I thank you for your word this morning that we could share in together. Lord, that who we are is whose we are. Lord, would you help us to live in this truth? Lord, that we would be so grateful that we are chosen by you. As your word says that no one comes unless you draw them to yourself. Thank you for drawing us to yourself. Thank you for establishing us as your people, one chosen race by the blood of Jesus Christ. Lord, thank you for the mercy that we're united in. Lord, will we take opportunities, Lord, to declare that this morning? Maybe there's something you, someone you would put on our hearts right now that we would think about, that we'd even write down their name about the opportunity to share the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news that you have given to us. Would you help us to proclaim your excellencies? Because you are awesome. It is true. Lord, thank you, Lord, that we can be here together and belong as the body of Christ. We don't belong to this world anymore that we're not enslaved to sin in our flesh. Help us, Lord, to come alongside of each other to fight this civil war going on inside of us. Thank you for the privilege to pray and ask you to do that which only you can do in our lives. Lord, and thank you, Lord, that we can be your church. Thank you, Lord, that you have called us to do specific things for your glory. Lord, help us. Give us the love that you have for us. Give us that love for our neighbors and truly love them as ourselves. Thank you again that who we are is whose we are in you. In Jesus' name, amen.